Hello everybody, welcome to the UK Packers podcast. As usual, I'm your host at NFL on Twitter and of course follow the group at UK Packers and it's YouTube TV. We're on YouTube again. So it's the second video podcast episode, which is two more than I thought I'd get to. So the last one went up, albeit after a while. Um, not being experienced in video editing, um, I had no idea that it took 7,000 gigabytes um, to, uh, you know, save a video file, edit the video file, put the video file up. But I will endeavor to put the audio and the video up closer together uh, going forward. So if anyone's listening, and the by far the audio listeners way outweighs the video watchers at the moment. I think we've like 211 views on the YouTube. So go to youtube.com forward slash UK Packers to see me in all my glory now did i have the intro music too loud in my ear coming in of course i did is my ear bleeding yes but only my right one so i'm doing without the beats for the moment and i'm just going to be rocking the uh sound sport and i've got my fancy screens behind me if anyone can see uh which is the website ukpackers.co.uk so i'm doing it right i'm gonna do a ota update podcast now, why did I put off doing it before is because there is pretty much zero news about the OTAs. Um, and my Grind My Gear section is kind of geared towards exactly just that. But let's get some of the, the Packer news out of the way before I delve feet first into OTAs. So the Packers are going to wear a decal on their helmet. We've seen this in the past. I think the Ravens did it. Um, the Patriots did it for Robert Kraft's wife uh, when she uh, passed away. And now we're going to wear 15 as the decal on our helmet for the Packers. So, you know, that's a really fitting tribute to Bart Starr, such an important player. Uh, you know, we did a, a podcast fully dedicated to him, albeit, it, uh, you know, there's no way you could do Bart Starr justice. And in fact, behind me here in the podcast studio, there's a book and I will be doing book reviews. So this is Bart Starr quarterbacking, if you can see. Um, so again, have I read it? And am I an adept quarterback? No, not really. It looks pretty cool. Such an old-timey book. Um, but definitely, I will give that a read. Now, I will have other book reviews coming up. And there's some books behind me, if anybody's watching the video version. Uh, we've instant replay, The Vagabond Halfback. Now, The Vagabond Halfback is a book by uh, Ralph Hickok, which I had Ralph on the podcast. So if anyone's keeping an eye on YouTube.com, for slash UK Packers, you'll see that I have an episode up about Paul Horning. I said Hornung because, eh, I'm Irish. So, I don't know. Is, is it Hornung or Horning? I know it's pronounced in the States Horning, but is that right? Because I know Aaron Rodgers is Aaron Rodgers. Um, Irish surnames, you know, Cahill. It's wrong. It's Cahill. That's how it's actually supposed to be pronounced here back in the motherland. Uh, Shaughnessy or Shaghennessy, as it's said sometimes, is Shocknessy. Uh, an actual fact because we do get that from time to time it's like come over to wisconsin and you try pronounce our place names which i retort you try pronounce our surnames and that's you know even first names like blonded siobhan uh Muirin, you know all alva all those type of names um so i raise you your place names with our first and second names so yeah so anyway uh i digress paul horning or paul hornung uh, is up and i did an intro and there's bloopers at the front of that one um yeah 
uh, got a case of the giggles on that one. So, yeah, Bart Star. So, the first home game that we have um, against the Vikings, they're going to honor Bart with a halftime ceremony, bring out some alumni players, bring out some players who he played with. Uh, you know, Paul Horning, probably one of them. And they're going to really do a, a big show for him. So, he's, he's going to be laid to rest in a private ceremony. So, that's not going to be open to the public. Um, and Aaron Rodgers has already done interviews where he talks about what he means to him, the same um, Brett Favre, and they went down to his ceremony as well and shared stories about how Bart Starr used to actually write, you know, handwritten letters and stuff like that to the guys. Uh, one of them was about how Brett Favre was wearing his cap, which was hilarious. Uh, and they're also donating uh, 250 grand as well to the Bart Starr and Cherry, Sherry Starr. Uh, foundation so that's going to go to four different charities so again Bart's passing incredibly sad um he had an awful lot of struggles really from 2014 when he really started to um you know he suffered some strokes and stuff like that uh determined to come back for Brett Favre's jersey retirement and he did that and now they're going to honor him uh with putting the 15 on the helmet uh, for the year so it's going to be great to see some sort of ode to Bart um on the helmets uh, throughout the year and from what we're hearing from Packers HQ, not UK Packers HQ, but Packers HQ, the offense is dynamic and and uh, what do they call it? You know, deceit and uh, I'll get I'll get into the exact phrase later. Um, and if you can believe the hype, I mean, we're definitely going to win the Super Bowl this year. So I mean, they're going to be lifting the Lombardi Trophy whilst having uh, Bart Starr on the back of their helmets. So that's going to be great. Um, so yeah, that's the that's the Bart Starr news. So now. Uh, let's get into some Packers playing abroad and unfortunately it's not the international series and there was some pretty alarming stuff about this so the Packers are going to play the Raiders in the preseason now to the people contacting and saying because we our group trip is to I know have you heard about the group trip have you said it yet uh with this group trip that we have we're going over week seven uh Packers versus Raiders in Lambeau Field and when the news came out to say that the the game the preseason game against the Raiders is going to be in Winnipeg uh you know one guy actually dropped it underneath her instagram this is in canada now as if we're gonna be like oh draft you know we can't do the group trip no it's the regular season trip that's over to uh, lambeau field so again it's not the first time that the packers have played in canada so aaron Rodgers made a pretty alarming comment saying oh i hope this doesn't sort of fulfill our international commitment now by going to canada that means that we won't be have to play in the uk so an insider inbox uh with mike and wes they came out and said that there's actually no requirement for the Packers to play an international series game. That's not what we're hearing over here. You know, if you, you know, every team has to play eventually. That's certainly what the commissioner said. Um, So I kind of fell out of my standing when I heard that. Uh, But yeah, so look, it's not unheard of. 1997, uh, the Packers played the Bills in Canada. And also the Packers played in Tokyo in Japan in what they dubbed as the American Bowl uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's some great footage of the guys in Japan and, uh, the Japanese fans picking up the the stuff. And in fact, there was a Packers uh, documentary, the Packers Life um, documentary about the Japanese fans. And also, the you know, we were in a Packers Life documentary all about the UK Packers. Uh, go to our website or go to our Twitter and you can see it there. Um, and it's a full documentary about how the group got started and their trip to Lambo. So if you're thinking about coming on a trip to Lambo, there's actually a documentary made about when we went over and fulfilled some dreams. And again, if you don't cry at that, you are a monster. Okay, and that's um, Karen Wood's story uh, when she went over. Big shout out to Karen. Um, So, yeah, they went to Tokyo and there's some great uh, quotes by Reggie White and I'd love to bring them to you in video form. I found them on a really obscure kind of uh, link uh, where they have a video. So I'd love to add it into the video podcast if I can. 
Um, but I tried to find it on YouTube as well. But if you type in Packers and Tokyo, you just get a bunch of um, people being shoved onto a train. <laughs> so it's just a bunch of people on their morning commute being crammed in like sardines, which is is a funny. Yes, it's funny. Is it relevant to a Packers podcast? Not so much. Um, so yeah, Roger's comment was, I'm excited to get up there. It's fun to travel. They haven't been to England yet, but some of the fans want to go to England. Um, now, he did say, I'm sure there's fans up there because there's fans everywhere. Now, if he doesn't know the presence of the UK Packers at this stage, mostly because we've been badgering his agents to try to get him on the podcast, right? Uh, but I think if we do get him over, lads, we can give him a good time because he said he came over for the Game of Thrones. And uh, one, of the, one of the highlights for him was because they asked him at the locker room, you know what what's his experience like on game of thrones because he's used to uh, the big athlete that people come to see him and what was it like being a big athlete going to see that and uh he turned around and said uh you know his best experience was the irish taxi man who was a boxer and all of his stories aaron i've got stories for days bro so if you want to come on the podcast i've got i've got stories about bin bags climbing over fences with bin bags um the time i accidentally joined a boy band i've got loads of stories that i have for you aaron don't you worry about stories so come on over um, so I better not count as sort of an away game and that, you know, they're kind of happy with it. And as well as that, if they do end up coming over to uh, the UK, how does everybody feel about uh, the trying to buy tickets for Wembley or Tottenham Hotspurs? Everyone have a good experience with the uh, buying of the tickets this year? Do you know what? Anytime I see an NFL UK tweet now, all that goes through my head and some people will get it, some people won't get it is don't let this tweet distract you from... If anybody doesn't know what I'm talking about, go to any NFL UK tweet um, and it's at the bottom of it. Yeah, some people, including our fans, very unhappy with how the season tickets went. Um, I'm not going to get to the ins and outs of it. Some people had no problem whatsoever um, and loads of people holding out hope that the Packers will still come over. But look, in the meantime, if you don't want to blow a ton of money on you know overnight hotels in London and tickets in London, come over to Lambeau Fields with us. 1,230 quid per two people share and we'll get you over uh, to Lambeau Field to see the Raiders uh, take on the Packers and get defeated uh, mercilessly. Uh, absolutely smash Oled in Lambeau Field. And again, you can't beat the first experience in Lambeau Field. It's absolutely fantastic. Um, so I guess it's about time I get on to all that's been happening in Packerland for the OTAs um, and all of the buzz that goes around with it. Um, I've got copious notes. I've watched every single video that's on Packers.com, all the locker room interviews. Um, and... Will I do grind my gears? No, I leave grind my gears for the moment. But let's delve into Packers OTA news. Okay, so Packers OTA. So what I did was is I watched every single video on Packers.com, all the locker room videos, all of the daily updates, the Packers official, Packers unscripted podcast. And by the way, can I just stop at this point and say that as knowledgeable as the lads are um, on Packers.com, and it, they're just abundantly knowledgeable. Uh, one of my all-time highlights is when Wes uh, comes on and does his uh, finger pointing and, and stuff like that. I mean, that national treasure is Wes Hodkowitz. National treasure. That's all I'm saying. So I sifted through all of the stuff, all of the articles, all the ESPN pieces. And again, big shout out to Rob Domofsky. Massive fan of Rob's work um, on ESPN. It's no BS. It's straight to the point. He gets exclusive lo- exclusives like... Uh, you know, talking to Mike McCarthy and all the rest. Um, so what I tried to do was to sift through all of that and come to the nub of some of the stuff that I found was useful because an awful lot of it is waffle. Uh, one thing that I found was is with the rookies, uh, they tended to be quite raw um, when in front of the camera, which we got. Even last year, I was commenting on some of the coaches who were kind of new to the limelight and not being used to 
uh, being examined. One of them who has since gone off to um, Arizona, I believe. Uh, but he was quite talkative and stuff like that. And it's nice to see. Sometimes it's a breath of fresh air. Uh, so what I did was just try to sift through and pull out the non-BS stuff. Now, Aaron Rodgers' comments, let's focus on these first. This was in a piece by Rob Domofsky from ESPN. It was all over the Packers' website as well, talking about wanting to get Devontae Adams more targets. So last year, he was the second most targeted wide receiver. Julio Jones was the first with 170 targets. Devontae Adams was 169. Um, he came out with about 1,300 yards, uh, which was a monster year, especially after getting that big contract. And also, he picked up a good few concussions last year. You know, there was people at that time wondering wrongly, um, you know, talking about the contract numbers, talking about the amount of concussions and all the rest. And would he ever get above the 1,000-yard mark? And in the history books, certainly in the Packers kind of, you know, media guide, it does talk about the 1,000-yard receivers, and it's a very important uh, mark to come to. So, you know, he gets 1,300 yards. He comes down with 111 uh, catches, uh, which is fantastic. He was only too shy, in fact, of Sterling Sharp in 1993, uh, and Sterling Sharp was targeted 189 times. Uh, Sterling Sharp, again, should be in the Hall of Fame. That's a conversation for a different day, uh, and I'll go into that maybe a little bit later. Now, people, so let me just pause there, and I've done, I've looked into it. So people say that what stops him from getting into the Hall of Fame, like his brother, who's the tight end, uh, Shannon, is the fact that he played for such little time, six seasons, but there's people in there with five and six seasons. Some of them are absolute uh, superstars, like Ernie Nevers or Nevers. Um, but anyway, does he deserve it? Yes. Back to Devontae Adams. So Aaron Rodgers says that he wants to get Devontae Adams more targets. Um, and then people criticized him and said, well, you know, if you give him more targets, is that really the way to go? And he said, well, the dude is always open. And we've seen everybody comment on Devontae Adams, how he's after taking a leadership role. Um, and that's certainly what I'm taking from OTAs is that A, Aaron Rodgers wants to get him the ball more. Um, B, uh, he was a superstar last year and that's going to continue his footwork is amazing and also Devontae Adams is after coming out and saying he's the most coachable guy in the locker room and he's and Matt LaFleur is coming over to him and chatting to him after routes and stuff like that and we've seen that happen with Jimmy Graham as well um, I'll get on to Jimmy Graham now in a minute um so like how fantastic is that that Devontae Adams has a monster contract has a has a year where he gets to the Pro Bowl you know he's too catches away from breaking Sterling Sharp's record actually had 112 not 130 113 would have beaten it um he was 134 yards short of Jordy Nelson's record of the most receiving yards in a season um so again you know he's expected to do even more in this explosive offense as well although they call it run heavy so Aaron Rodgers is calling for him to have the ball more um so the criticisms there have been like you know do you really want to go down that route where we become one-dimensional and that's a question that um they asked him at the locker this time. I mean, they, they were so pass intensive. One guy was saying that there were 70% of all of their offensive plays last year were pass plays. Um, so, you know, do you really want to get the ball to Devontae Adams more? Now, I agree with Aaron Rodgers. If Devontae Adams is open all the time, well, then the aim of the game is to gain more yards. If you keep targeting one guy and he still remains to be open, then keep targeting him. Now, I can see the criticism when it comes down to the fact that you know, these young guys, MVS, ESB, uh, even GMO to a degree, Jake Kumaro, Trevor Davis. When you talk about these guys, if you go and in game time situations, you know, take away their targets, take away their receptions, and you give that to Devontae Adams, uh, the team as a whole wins, but them individually, uh, you know, they don't get that pressure cook, you know, pressure cooker style 
uh, game time oh jesus here comes the ball thing and i know that sounds silly and it sounds amateur right but randall cobb was saying in that dagger uh play against the bears that time when the ball was coming as experienced as he was when it was coming down he was like oh my god don't drop it so what wide receivers no matter how experienced they are still face that moment you know um, so it's the same with these receivers if you keep targeting one guy you kind of neglect the other guys and god forbid if anything happened which it did happen during the concussion period that Devontae Adams went through you know you're gonna have to depend on these guys now do I think that's gonna be a problem no I don't think that's gonna be a problem I think it's all gonna be fine do I think they're gonna target Devontae Adams more if he's open absolutely now one thing that we've seen with this Matt LaFleur offense and again another takeaway that I take away from OTAs um, is this whole thing of you know bunch formations com you know combination formations it's the sense that they sort of they overload one side and it really puts the defense off because if the defense line up straight across from them and, and use that sort of press man coverage um, well then what ends up happening is they end up tripping over each other um now there's certain you know technical names on that and i got into that in the radio actually um when i do sunshine 106.8 um which is what the rams do so he's bringing in exactly what the rams do so anybody who was questioning whether you know this was the guy who although he'd worked uh with tennessee although he worked with la was he gonna bring in that type of stuff we see now that he absolutely is you know and this sort of uh they asked tramon williams about it as well at the locker you know it they sort of pride themselves on sort of deceit deception uh, and all that type of stuff is that true and tramon williams came out and said yes that that's true they deceive us all day today was one of the things that he said in one of the interviews so certainly um it's you know it's living up to the hype of what they said it was going to be but at the same token there was interviews with Corey Lindsley David Bakhtiari Aaron Rodgers and the defensive guys and they really did say that look it's still football at the end of the day it's still playing football so the fundamentals and all that stuff are gonna sort of remain the same but it's fantastic to hear reports of Devontae Adams and Alex Witted uh, who's the new wide receivers coach who is credited with sort of getting big performances out of young players uh, that he's after coming out and saying that Devontae Adams is uh, just a consummate professional that he has tremendous values that he's the leader in the in the locker room and that's exactly what you wanted now they asked Devonte, you know was that a conversation that you had uh you know did they come over to you and ask you to step up and he said no no that's natural that's part of his game and we certainly heard that last year also that he stepped up so it's fantastic to see that sort of veteran voice because behind him you know there's not there's i think there's plenty of depth but there's plenty of inexperience too and another thing I take away from OTAs is they asked Devontae Adams about Randall Cobb and the fact that they're after losing a slot guy. And, you know, that's where he played. And he said that uh, Gmo, Geronimo Allison, um, was in there and he was playing an awful lot of slot. And he said that Geronimo Allison is even taller than he is, yet he's the one who's playing the slot. So, I mean, how explosive is that? That usually you expect those short, zippy guys to be in the slot. But when you have a big wide receiver it kind of acts almost like a, a tight end in that position so if you know if you have jay sternberger you have uh you know robert tonyan jimmy graham and geronimo allison and they're you know whatever formation that they're playing if you have all of those guys roam in the middle of the field if you're going to expect sort of a slot cornerback to cover these guys especially with their height and quickness and if they improve on their routes and jimmy graham as aaron Rodgers says is expected to have a bounce back year um like it's just that's absolutely devastating and then you have plays that are going to come from the backfield as well you know you're going to have those lads out in front potentially as blockers so it's incredibly exciting stuff and you can see that this offense they didn't add to it because you know they kind of expected that what they had they had just talent in abundance 
and you can kind of see that and the way it's shaping up is really exciting and we've seen big massive plays happening as well um that sort of Aaron Rodgers like visibly looked super excited about when they asked him about um so again it's great to see Devontae said that he's highly coachable uh, it's good to see that what Matt LaFleur does is he runs out and, and gives them uh, coaching and it's good to see you know when we saw the Mike Holmgren documentary and he was talking about Steve Young and Joe Montana and all the rest and that those lads came to him and said to him I want you to train me up I want you to be tough on me and it's good to see that the Packers are doing this as well um so yeah like I can see merits to it and I can see people getting sort of um apprehensive when you talk about targeting the passing game and also I think it's pretty interesting that you have a quarterback who comes out and publicly says that he wants to pass the ball more after such a pass intensive offense last year uh, we were always criticized in Green Bay for you know the strength of our passing game we had no real remnants of a running game until Eddie Lacy came in um, and then we sort of had a credible threat now I don't know if that's going to do with the service to the likes of James Starks who was a fantastic player for the Packers but when Eddie Lacy came in we can all acknowledge that stuff changed um, and in fact, their O-line had to adjust to um, breaking open running lanes and stuff. So it's amazing to see that on a system that predicates uh, the success of the run, that you have a quarterback publicly saying that he wants to pass more, you know, you'll have all of the people out there go, oh, well, they're already at odds. No, they're definitely not at odds. Um, it's And they're, they're going to work together on that philosophy. But I just thought it was an interesting sort of point where this is an offense that sort of uh, what did he keep saying there's a healthy balance of run and pass yet here is Aaron Rodgers asking for more pass so I guess that brings us then to some of the comments that Aaron Rodgers said at his locker um, an awful lot of this was kind of jokey stuff he's been super goofy as well at his locker having fun uh, taking pop shots at other quarterbacks talking about you know at least he they have one talent that they're better than him with he talks about like what I was saying that he was kind of taking the mickey um that him and david bakhtiari discussed discussed it got into the scotch thing he's an awful lot more looser at the locker room which is fantastic to see now he's kind of goofing around and joking around he's kind of taking them taking the mickey out of matt lafleur you know he's reading out statements and stuff like that so it's good to see that rapport there um it remains to be seen what it is like on game day and how intense it becomes especially when the pressure is on to see how these two get along um, they did ask him about the relationship and say, is that something that you've tried to work on? You know, how often do you meet outside and all the rest of that? And Aaron Rodgers sort of joked, like, you know, even meeting him inside the, the locker room is enough. You know, he sees him enough as it is. Um, so it's nice to see him um, having fun because we had this kind of joke uh, going back a couple of seasons now that if Aaron came out and he was happy and joking and throwing the ball around and goofing about, well, then they were going to win. It's it's a foregone conclusion. So when Aaron Rodgers is having fun, he's loose. And we did see some people coming out and say that Aaron Rodgers sees the field differently. He comes out um, and he can see things that nobody else sees. And that's why everyone leeches off him. So let's have a look at the comments that Aaron Rodgers said about other players. Um, on MVS, he says that I think Marquez uh, had a fantastic spring and really stepped up as a guy who can be an every down player. So why is that important? Well, if Geronimo Allison is getting reps uh, in the slot, well, then you would is MVS kind of the number two outside guy? You would imagine so. Um, of course, it's going to be a training camp battle. They asked Jake Kumaro, you know, it, because he proved himself last year, then this year, is it easier for him now because he's laid that stuff on tape? He made the roster. And he said, no, in a way, it's harder because he has to sort of live up to that again and prove that again. So if that's what Aaron's saying about MVS, it's in his hands to, you know, get up there, learn what he can of this new offense, of Devontae Adams as a leader, uh, have Gmo play the slot and, and somebody outside. They're probably going to mishmash 
all kinds of things around. But MVS has a genuine shot at being the number two, three guy. Um, then he talks about Jimmy Graham. He says, I expect a big bounce back year from Jimmy. He's healthy. He's feeling good. This offense, I think, fits him and his body type. And I'm not going to shy away from throwing the ball to Devontae. So he's sort of saying, like, I'm still going to target Devontae Adams. I'm not going to force it to Jimmy Graham. Like, people are assuming, you know, they're asking him an awful lot about chemistry with Jimmy Graham. You know, Jimmy Graham, as mo- as little as he talks to the media, did come out at his uh, charity event and say that, you know, it was below his expectations that he wants to do better um, and that he will do better. And, you know, we've seen, I, I don't know where I heard it, maybe it was on the Packers Unscripted podcast where they were talking about that Matt LaFleur was out sort of, you know, trying to perk Jimmy Graham up almost because he was really, really down on himself um, for making mistakes and he wants to be perfect. And that's one thing that I will say, uh, which is an interesting point about this offense and about this new system, is that it's a real leveler. Um, you know, you can have Jimmy Graham getting frustrated at himself because he's not getting it um, or that he didn't run the route as he wanted to or whatever or he drops a pass, um, and Matt LaFleur is coming out, and fair play to Matt LaFleur as well for coming out and having the strength, uh, because he's a young guy, to talk to veterans like that and coach them up and really get involved, and before he got that injury, he was going out throwing balls and all the rest. Um, so this is a real leveler in the sense that anybody who's anybody now can really have a shot at making the roster, and we've seen that happen, and we see that happen in Premier League football clubs where a new manager will come in, and he'll see a guy, and someone that just was sort of a, a walk-on or a shoe-in, um, isn't a shoe-in anymore because the manager has seen something else and somebody else. So on the defense, fair enough because it's Mike Petton's second year. Um, so again, maybe he's going to bring in some more complexity, um, which the new guys are going to have to catch up on. But with the offense, you know, everybody is in with a shot. And fair play to Aaron Jones too when they start talking to him in his locker, talking to him about, you know, what did he think of the prospect about catching more balls or being a bigger part of the offense? And was he aware, they asked him, of the call to get Aaron Jones to ball more, which he said he was. Uh, how could he not? He'd have to be living under a rock. Um, so, you know, it's Jamal Williams has a chance too, and that's what Aaron Rod- Aaron Jones was saying. It's like, you know, Jamal's here, and of course we have uh, Dexter in there as well. Um, and, you know, Capri Bibbs, they say, don't sort of sleep on him too. So everybody has a shot of doing something explosive. So um, Jimmy Graham, Aaron Rodgers expects to have a bounce back here. But look, I've discussed it before. If you go back at the Jimmy Graham tape in prior years, uh, year one, he's getting used to it. Year two, he kind of makes that jump up. Now, I don't know whether that's a thing in Jimmy Graham that he sort of doesn't catch on as fast as he wants in the first year. And is this change in offensive philosophy going to be, uh, you know, another sort of effective resetting? And will we see similar numbers to last year? But remember, Jimmy Graham was carrying injuries too last year. And I know the narrative, like, funnily enough, always is, well, he was injured last year, this year's going to be better. You don't know if he's going to get injured or not, so that's something that we'll have to sort of wait and see. Um, so I just thought those comments were kind of interesting, more so about the fact that Jimmy Graham is pretty hard on himself. Uh, now let's talk about Jair Alexander. So this, to me, is kind of a non-story because every player will come out and say, I'm going to be a pro bowler, I'm going to be an all-pro now, one thing about this sort of locker room interview that they're talking about and is in the media and is on Packers.com is where he's kind of a bit subdued. Um, I don't know why that was. You know, maybe the dude is tired from practicing. Maybe he doesn't want to deal with the media and stuff like that. But he's always bright and bubbly. And we saw the kind of promos happening before. Uh, but he, he comes out and he says, you know, he wants to do better than last year. It was a good jump off point. Um, so the Packers had seven takeaways last year, seven interceptions, of which Jair Alexander got one, whereas the league average was 13. So it's something that they certainly need to do better. Now, they allude to that moment against the, the game against the Rams where he had five passes defensed. 
Um, all year he had 15 passes defensed um, on one interception. So he led the team in that regard um, with the passes defensed. So, or defended, if that's annoying people who are listening to the podcast. Um, so people like to, to point out that game. Uh, he's an aggressive player, you know, and like what Larry McCarron says in his sort of, you know, rock reports, which are fantastic as well on Packers.com, is that, you know, if you have a rookie that is dependent upon to give the motivational speeches to play like he did, you've absolutely struck gold. And that's what we have done with Jair, Jair Alexander. He's absolutely fantastic. Great personality, great leadership. Um, is annoyed when you call him small. He likes to say his average height, but so do I. Um, so, you know, he wants to do better, but does do people want to do better? Do they say that every year? Yes, they do. Do they say that they're even healthier than they've ever been? Of course they are, because they've had the summer off. Um, now, one thing I note that does come out of his quotes is, um, you know, talking about his performance and how incredible it was last year and all the rest. But if you're breaking up that many passes, I think the expectation on J.R. Alexander is the fact that he's going to get his hand on more interceptions. And that's what he's going to focus on. And that's one thing that Rashan Gary has after coming out and saying when they had his, in, has had his interview, he was saying that, you know, the expectation is that they go after the ball more. Um, so that's one thing that we sort of expect from Jair Alexander is the fact that he should be able to go out and put his hands on the ball, get more interceptions. Um, he did have one that was called back. And as well as that, we want to see Kevin King and Jair Alexander sort of match up together. Now, um, it could have been a case that Jair Alexander was targeted more because they saw him as a rookie and a small rookie at that. Uh, sorry, Jair. Um, and maybe they targeted him more, which is why he saw more production. Will they move away from Jair Alexander? Because now they have some of his tape and they know that, uh, like, I don't know if we can call him a shutdown corner yet, but certainly him and King, if they do result in being shutdown corners, then we have Adrian Amos um, and Darnell Savage Jr. at uh, safety. Well, then, you know, we could have an absolutely ridiculous uh, defensive backfield. And then if you deal with what we have up front with the Smiths, with Rashan Gary, with Kenny Clark, Mike Daniels, um, Fackrell, Oren Burks, who people are calling a freak in nature, and I'll get on to quotes about him now in a second, um, from Blake Martinez. I mean, this could be an absolutely ridiculous defense. So we see the quotes come out about Oren Burks when they talk about James Crawford. So here's a guy who ended up in an article on Packers.com. Uh, he's Charles Woodson's nephew. You know, this is a guy who's uh, an inside linebacker. He played safety, so they see him as kind of, a, you know, having a very high ceiling. He's supposed to get more reps. Brian Gudekunst is after coming out saying that he hopes that he sees his workload increase. Um, now, according to an article on the Insider Inbox, the lads were saying that, like, when does Crawford get to see playing time? And they said, well, he gets to see playing time, unfortunately, if someone gets injured. So the guys that we expect to see at inside linebacker are Blake Martinez and Oren Burks. So Blake Martinez has said about Oren Burks uh, that he's a freak in nature, uh, that he has every ability in the book. Larry McCarron showed tape on him and showed that he's good against the run, he's good in coverage, um, and he also used to play safety. And Gudekun says that he wants to see a significant increase in playing time um, for him as well. So, you know, will James Crawford get a chance? Um, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll be rotated in to give the guys a break. Um, and again, we've seen that Blake Martinez is after getting rave reviews again in OTAs by people saying that he's the quarterback of the defense. And that's how Aaron Rodgers referred to him as well. But we did see Oren Bar Barks get a chance in OTAs to sort of take up that role of the mic as well. Um, so... 
you know, that's exciting times at inside linebacker. Tremont Williams, uh, again, is on record coming out saying that there's new energy and uh, new spirit, that they're all in it together and that they're feeling good right now. So it's really good to see that, you know, he's the older face in the locker room. He's coming out. He can feel the energy. Um, and again, he came out and said that the offense were uh, very deceptive in some of their um, in some of their stuff as well. Uh, we saw Crawford come down with an interception from Boyle and Boyle sort of, you know, jostling at... Uh, at interview time saying dude it's only one interception like can you give me a break you know uh so the mood in the building seems really really good and people seem happy and they seem energized and matt lafleur seems like he's absolutely doing the business um so let's have a look then to see what larry mccarran's saying about people in the rock report uh so elton jenkins you know he's playing guard in camp played center in college um they interviewed him and said, you know, where can you play? He says, anywhere. So that's pretty promising. Um, From that regard, I mean, he looks like a like a big dude. And to speaking of that, then uh, Aaron Rodgers is coming out and they asked him, you know, about certain people and to pick certain people out, you know, various times. And he talks about Billy Turner and he says that he's a massive dude, great dry sense of humor, and he feels kind of reassured with him up front. Um, So that's really reassuring as well that he's a bit of a monster. Now, Larry McCarran gets into... Uh, into his play as well and it shows it is an absolute animal i mean how he can sort of manhandle people and as well aaron Rodgers was asked about uh, elton jenkins and how he's getting on and aaron i think felt kind of that there was maybe an ulterior motive or that there was a story coming down the line so he said you know don't judge old linemen by what you see now without pads because when they have pads on they've something to grip um and you know they do a bit better than better they can get underneath so don't sort of judge them in otas wait till the pads are on uh, and all the rest so um sternberger is another interesting one so this is the tight end that they brought in um you know he says that he's learning from tight end jimmy graham you know that's kind of a non-story but they asked him about his blocking ability and by his own admission he said that he's more of a receiving tight end and that when it comes to blocking he never really was asked to do it before and he's probably a bit wet around the ears with it so that's something that he's interested to sort of take on so you know, watch this space with that because we've Jimmy Graham. This guy's supposed to be the successor in time. Uh, you know, he's even in his diapers, uh, his nappies, wearing Packers jerseys. So it's sort of seemed preordained. So here's a guy who, you know, Jimmy Graham's been criticized for his blocking. And here's a guy who says that he's never really had to block before. Now, in that interview with him at the locker room, people are saying, look, we've watched your tape. We know you can block, but how do you feel about it? And that's what he came out and said. So I've all of the sort of expectation that he's going to be good and he's going to be a good blocker um but it's going to take him time to get used of it as well so the how they sort of referred to it uh, was is deceive and deception uh with this offense and uh, and you know people are sort of saying that the whole time another thing so aaron jones comment was is that the the coach is marrying the run in the past Devontae adams marrying the run in the past so again this is some sort of mantra that he's saying that he wants to marry the two um so you know keep defenses honest uh to sort of you know play action uh, and probably throw it more to to aaron jones and jamal williams as well a uh, bit of wheel route action um as well so they asked aaron Rodgers too i mean is he going to be playing in preseason and he says i hope not uh, you know but he says it's probably going to be more than 20 snaps so you know the people up in winnipeg in the ig stadium you're probably going to see aaron Rodgers tug out um a little bit more and play more um in the preseason which you know do we need any more reason to look for uh, look forward to preseason because again it swings around people give out about it and say that it's trash uh, which it's very hard to read into what goes on during preseason uh, but we can certainly be more excited if more starters are playing 
and also have our hearts on our mouth to hope that no one gets injured. Um, that's important too. Okay, so I guess this is the grind my gears section. Uh, I don't know if it warrants the jingle because um, I, I get the fact that, you know, it's the off season and it's difficult because I create content here um, for podcasts and I kind of like to use this time to delve into history uh, book reviews, uh, sort of other little interesting tidbits, sort of top tens and stuff like that. So I get that it's difficult. Um, and again, this is done not on a full-time basis, uh, although it definitely seems like a full-time basis. Um, and I sort of feel for, and I've said it before, reporters that have to cover the team and that's what they get paid to do. So they end up doing deep deep dives on players and their families. Um, and also, the, you know, the only chance that they get to write a story is, is at the locker room. They have to ask these players questions. They only get a certain amount of time to ask the questions and all of that's fine. And I do sympathize with them and an awful lot of these people, super professional and all the rest. Um, another one that they asked Aaron Rodgers was, oh, Matt LaFleur says this. Uh, do you agree with what he said? And like, I don't think like, do you, so as like, do you really think Aaron Rodgers is going to turn around and go, what? No, you know, like he's going to agree with him now. He's he was in kind of a silly mood, kind of a goofy mood. So he's kind of having a, a bit of fun on it and laughing. But like, for instance, if I was a player, I would be totally messing with them, right? If they said to me, oh, Matt LaFleur came out and said that, uh, you know, the relationship's really good and that your philosophy is all about the past and he's trying to work more of the run in and that you were actually a big fan of the play action. Is that true? I'd love to come out and say, Matt said what? Did he? Matt's a liar. That's it. I'm sick of this. And I'd throw my helmet down and I'd say, I'm going up to Matt's office to sort this out. I mean, you definitely just try and mess with them and the reporters be like, oh no. But the thing is, is sometimes you hear them ask a question and you can almost feel their hands over the keyboard like this waiting for the answer uh, they turn around and say uh yeah it was that, that wasn't great oh aaron jones says last year was terrible with 70 percent, and he's looking forward to this new sort of blend of marrying the pass with the run you know and you kind of get what you ask for um but then again i mean what you ask players about you know sports reporting is difficult i guess um especially after a game and you say oh well what happened in that game it's like oh, well, we're all sitting there watching it you know i do really enjoy um you know what the guys do when they analyze the game there's a good few guys on twitter that do it uh the guys in packers.com do it larry does a great job of breaking down the x's and o's and mike spofford has a way of just zeroing in on the play and saying oh i like this play because on the offensive line this happened and i'm like oh my god i didn't even see that um so they're fantastic and it must be so hairy to have to cover the team in the off season um, and try to come up with some sort of story that's you know makes people want to click on their website and listen and all the rest so that's why i haven't really covered otas up to now because an awful lot of the stuff that's been said you know has no real bearing or anything and we really have to see how it plays out so you know i gotta plug the trip again really really quickly so we're going over to see the week seven game against the oakland raiders and um, there's still spots available for the trip uh, i'd love you to come along It'd be absolutely fantastic um so flying out on the friday coming back uh, really late on the monday so you get a good bit of time in green bay and it's going to be an absolute hoot so just contact info at touchdowntrips.com or go to the website ukpackers.co.uk um, and yeah look make sure you subscribe to the youtube channel if you're enjoying the videos uh, there's more history podcasts coming and i'm going to create a playlist so that you can find out all about who ray nitschke was um, who paul horning was I'm going to be doing book reviews and stuff like that as well. Um, so there's really exciting stuff coming and hopefully I'll be able to work on more sort of um, visual stuff as well. 
uh, because the YouTube stuff, I'm having a lot of fun to be honest, it's kind of a blast and it's good to be able to reach out to people and people to see me and see who I am um, and see who the group is um, and as well as that when we start having our regular season meetups, well then we can put sort of videos of those meetups um, online and we're going to go out and get fan opinions as well so if you have predictions for the game, we'd love to get those out there. Maybe do more challenge videos and stuff like that. So, um, yeah, it's exciting times. So, anyway, I'll park it there for this week. Uh, more exciting stuff yet to come. I have been at NFL on Twitter. Give me a follow. Um, I always like to banter back and forward and talk Packers. And, of course, follow the group at UK Packers. Follow us on Instagram at UK Packers. Uh, we have Facebook as well as a private group on Facebook that you can get into. And you can chat with, chat with other um, Packer fans as well without any Vikings fans diving on and, you know, trying to attack you for having an opinion. Um, and if you have any questions, uh, go to the website and you can see that there's a little chat button here behind me. Um, so just go to that chat. That'll come through directly to us. Um, and also info at ukpackers.co.uk. Um, and I think that's it uh, for this week, guys. It's been a blast, as always. Uh, do make sure that you subscribe. Uh, hit like, because it really helps us out. And leave a comment in the section below of any observations that you have, uh, any opinions that you have on the Packers, and kind of use it as a mini forum. But until next week, lads, ladies, go Pack Go, and it's goodbye.